the Pray Fit Podcast with Jimmy Pena, seeing health through the gospel's lens. I'd say that has a pretty great sound to it, right? The Pray Fit Podcast. Not sure if you're a racehorse fan, but my favorite horse of all time is a horse by the name Citation. And this moment as I launch the podcast has me thinking about him. Citation competed back in the 40s, an amazing horse. And most experts see Citation in the top three horses of all time, including Man of War and, of course, the great Secretariat. And Citation was one of only three non-humans on Sports Illustrated's list of the top 100 athletes of the 20th century. Well, what I love about Citation is the story about the time when he won his last race. See, he'd reached his limit and was set to be retired. Well, as they attempted to take his picture in the winner's circle, he wouldn't settle down. He was so excited. They had trouble putting the flowers on him. Nobody could contain him until his trainer entered the scene. He took Citation by the reins and turned him around, and then the trainer asked the crowd to make an opening so that Citation could see down the track. Immediately, Citation grew calm. His head lowered, his ears peaked, his body stilled. Then the trainer called for the flowers and the photographer and everyone to gather around. They got their picture. When asked what made the difference, the trainer said, all you had to do was point citation toward the track. All you had to do was let him know it was time to race. (laughs) And that's how I feel right now as we launch the podcast. After all we've done and the books and the DVDs, the memberships, the the devotions, the appearances, we've been around the track a few times. But I tell you, uh, You'd have trouble putting the flowers on me. I tell you, this is how I feel as we start this podcast. I feel like Citation as he looks down the track, as I, as I look to the future uh, of this wonderful, wonderful opportunity uh, to speak into your lives. I'm really excited. I, I'm Jimmy Pena, and I'm the founder of PrayFit Ministries. Welcome. I'm so honored that you'd listen. I hope you subscribe. You and I have a lot to discuss concerning the idea of bodily stewardship. I mean, it's complex. It's there's a tension there, and not a tension. There's a tension in seeing health or illness through the gospel's lens. I mean, we, we have permission to believe the body has divine origin and an eternal purpose. Nobody can deny that. You know, I once had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Charles Stanley with In Touch Ministries in Atlanta. Now, I've met a few celebrities in my career, and I'll get into some of those, but none of them ever made me nervous. But my hands were sweating and my legs were shaking when I had the honor of speaking with Dr. Charles Stanley. Well, anyway, he delivered a message entitled, Discipline Determines Destiny. Now, of course, he made it clear he wasn't talking about our eternal destiny, but that he wanted to discuss our earthly effectiveness, how we handle our money, our time, our relationships. And oh, yes, while I was at the edge of my seat, he said it, how we handle our health. Now, none of the other topics received much of a reaction perhaps because they were expected. But when he asked a question, who wants to live a long, healthy life, there was a noticeable murmur. When it became quiet, Dr. Stanley simply asked his congregation how they expected to live abundantly when they were facing avoidable and preventable roadblocks of health. Now, hearing it from me is one thing, but when Dr. Charles Stanley says it, it's another thing altogether. So as he preached, I scribbled. I mean, I was writing. He used words and phrases like, the value we place on our health will be evident in our diligence. Fulfilling, achieving, orderly, less stressful, aimless and lethargic versus godly and confident. Feeling good about yourself and having nothing to do with age. He he still has his best in mind for you. Positive impact on others. Health can be a way to witness. On and on he went. Better health, better faith, etc. Now, like I said, hearing it from me is one thing. 
but hearing it from Dr. Stanley is on another level. So make no mistake, your health is important to God. Any personal justification you've otherwise convinced yourself of is false. You know, even for you, maybe the call to action during this very first podcast is a call of discipline. And it doesn't matter what you decide to do. Just decide and work within your means. Walk the block or the dog. Do some push-ups. Lift some weights. Walk away from the dessert menu and step up to the plate of clean eating. Discipline determines destiny. And if you're listening to this, yours is still unwritten. But here comes that tension. Here comes the complexity that I talked about. We can take it too far. We can take it too far. We can be too fit. Let me say that again. We can be too fit. Let me ask you, would you forfeit your health for the Lord? More specifically, would you give up your fitness lifestyle if God asked you to? You're listening to this first podcast and maybe you're a runner. You're an an avid runner. Your calendar is marked not with holidays and birthdays, but with 10Ks. Or perhaps you're a fitness junkie. You lift, you sprint, You jump rope, you sweat, you repeat it six days a week. What if God asked you to give it all up? And no, he doesn't give you his reasoning because he doesn't need to explain himself to you. All you know is that the one passion you have in life, that one thing that fulfills you and makes you, you, he wants you to relinquish. No more gym, no more road. How would you feel? Sad? Confused? Both? What would you do? Well, before you say, Jimmy, I doubt God would ever ask me to give up something like that. With the help of A.W. Tozer, let's look at someone who would beg to differ. Tozer writes, quote, The baby Isaac represented everything sacred to his father's heart, the promises of God, the covenants, the hopes of the years. As he watched Isaac grow, the heart of the old man was knit closer to the life of his son till at last that relationship bordered upon the perilous. God stepped in to save both father and son. Take thy son and offer him. The sacred writer spares us a close-up of the agony that night when the aged man had had it out with God, but possibly not again until one greater than Abraham wrestled in the Garden of Gethsemane did such mortal pain visit a human soul. This was Abraham's trial by fire, and he did not fail in the crucible. God let the suffering old man go through it up to the point where he knew there would be no retreat and then forbade him to lay a hand upon the boy. And then says, in effect, it's all right, Abraham. I never intended that you should actually slay the lad. I only wanted to remove him from the temple of your heart that I might reign there unchallenged. The temple of your heart. Does God reign there unchallenged? Has the stitching between our heart for God and our passion for fitness grown indistinguishable? And too many days, let alone workouts, have I spent attempting to allow other things challenge God for his rightful place. And that's the tension I'm talking about. That's the complexity. That's what we wrestle with. Speaking of wrestling, when you're down on the mat and the wrestler has his grip, maybe, maybe you're an MMA fan, right? And, and the wrestler has his grip on you, the grip that's made you powerless. Fighting isn't the way out. What, what is? How, how do you get out of that grip? You surrender. You tap out right? We have a foe. We have a foe of self. We have a foe of fitness at times. Maybe you're listening to this and you're wrestling with the foe of self, of fitness, of health, of status, of comparison, followers, significance, perhaps significance as a brand or as a voice. Well, going back to Tozer, he says, quote, the way to deeper knowledge of God is through lonely valleys of soul poverty. 
The blessed ones who possess the kingdom are they who have repudiated every external thing and have rooted from their hearts all sense of possessing. These are the poor in spirit. But the ancient curse will not go out painlessly. He will not lie down and die in obedience to our command. He must be torn out of the heart like a plant from the soil. He must be expelled from the soil by violence. End quote. So, plainly put, if our pursuit of fitness isn't leading us to a deeper knowledge of God, then that ache, that deepening root that buries itself deep within our fibers and nourishes our desire for great health needs to be uprooted by force. And man, it is not painless. Trust me. It doesn't go away easily. It doesn't lie down in obedience, but it's when we stop fighting, stop comparing, stop striving, stop masking. That's when we overcome the enemy. It's when we tap out, even if it means being in worse physical shape that we gain all things. It's when we surrender that ours is the kingdom of heaven. How about I just rewind the tape a second, all right? How did I personally come to live in this particular tension, this complexity? If you don't mind, I'd love to share with you my personal testimony and the journey of PrayFit during this very first podcast. I'm from Texas. Went to Baylor, right? At Baylor's where I fell in love with strength and conditioning. I actually went to Baylor to play baseball, got injured, went to the gym to do some rehab, got on the bench, and uh, I never looked back. Uh, I think, in fact, I put 10s or maybe 20 pounds on each side of that bar as I, as I struggled. But anyway, we, we got strong. We called ourselves the Russell Rats. We trained in this hole-in-the-wall gym, green, puke green walls, if I'm being so, so uh, bold and honest. It was a gross place, uh, but we called ourselves the Russell Rats. I fell in love with changing the body and, and, and weightlifting and picking heavy things up and uh, ended up going to graduate school uh, to study. Uh, in fact, went to the University of Texas at Tyler, and I studied the effects of endurance training on muscle size and strength in competitive weightlifters. And I presented that uh, study at the American College of Sports Medicine Conference in Seattle. And as I finished my report and finished my presentation, there was a group in the audience, and they asked me to take them through my research, and so I did. And they ended up being a group from Muscle and Fitness Magazine. And my first gig out of graduate school was writing and interpreting science for those labels, Muscle and Fitness and HERS magazines and Flex and whatnot. And so it was a dream come true at the time, right? Straight out of graduate school, here I am, this hard-charging battler (laughs) from Texas that loved to lift weights. And here I am writing uh, every month for uh, uh, Muscle and Fitness Magazine. And eventually moved to Woodland Hills, uh, California, to become the worldwide fitness editor for those labels. Uh, But here comes the conviction. Here comes the tension. Here comes the complexity. Uh, Got involved with all sorts of projects, a lot of movie sets, uh, wonderful opportunities. Uh, I was a part of eight books, uh, and then the burden came. (laughs) I started to wonder, what am I doing? As a Christian in the fitness industry, I was burdened. I mean, I knew what I was doing for the body of the country, but what was I doing for the body of Christ? And I started to feel like I was in the wrong place. And over time, it grew. That tension in my heart grew and grew until one night I'm actually uh, editing an article. It was late. It's probably close to seven or eight. 
uh, at night, and I hear a noise from across the palatial atrium, and it's Joe Weider, the founder of bodybuilding, the founder of, uh, of fitness, so to speak. He and Jack LaLanne, <laughs> way back in the day, you may, have re- you may remember those names. Well, anyway, Joe was coming out of his office, and he, at the time, he was probably close to 90 years old, and he was, he was needing a walker uh, to get around and had the, the help of a nurse. And he was coming out of his office as I'm in mine, and he crosses right in front of a statue of himself, a huge bronze statue of himself from his prime. Uh, his arms were folded, his chest was pumped, and his chin was high. At the time, they called him, you know, the master blaster. Well, here comes Joe, 90 years old, with a, a nurse and a walker, and he passes right in front of that statue. And in my line of sight, I was able to see the spectrum, uh, the bookends of the same man in one frame, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. What C.S. Lewis said, you don't have souls, you are souls, you have bodies. And I knew that that time, more than ever, that life is not about the body. I thought, well, what's a Christian fitness expert to do with such a realization? I started to have thoughts like, you know, he who dies with the most muscle wins nothing. And the last thing we should want is to be known for something that God doesn't look at. So I emailed a, a, a contact, a friend uh, that I had met at college um, uh, many of you know him. He's a wonderful author, speaker, um, influencer, Louis Giglio. And I emailed him and asked him, I said, hey, Louis, you know, I, I want to make a difference in the fitness industry. And he remembers me, uh, and, and he says, Jimmy, you know, congratulations on your success and whatnot. I said, listen, I, I want to make an impact on the fitness industry, man. I want to make an impact for Christ in this world that I'm in. And I asked him for his advice, and, and he sent back um, – probably some of the best advice that I'd ever received, and it changed the trajectory of my career. All he said was, Jimmy, embrace your smallness. That was it. Embrace your smallness. Now, I thought, at the time, I didn't get it. I thought, really? Embrace my smallness? Because 20-plus years ago, fitness was a god. I mean, I worshipped it. Maybe not on Sunday. After all, I had been a Christian for years, and I wanted to please God and serve Him. But Monday through Saturday, I was the gym's most devout follower. Daily gratification, success, and even my self-worth were gauged by my body's tightness from yesterday's workout. Oh, yes. I longed for it. Soon, the delayed onset of muscle soreness would reveal itself, and eventually growth and repair would fill my shirts and jeans along with my ego. You know, that overnight fast was devastating to my hopes of growth, so i gobble up my quick digesting protein along with both my fast and slow digesting carbs faster than you can say high intensity interval. (laughs) Following that meal, I'd become the judge and jury of an argument in my brain, a paranoid clash between my metabolism and my catabolism. In truth, the relentless balance between growth and leanness circled my brain like vultures. You know, keep the fire going, but don't burn too quickly. Hold that pump, but keep your vascularity. Stay big, but don't spill over. To say nothing about the workout of the day. The blood, the sweat, the tears of each gym session were like rain to the Sahara. This is what I was made for. To train, to lift, to grow, to show, to drive, to to grit my teeth and push the limits. And of course, then came the day's last meal. And of course, the planning. The hoping, the measuring, the needed rest, and the deep sleep required to unlock the necessary rebuilding hormones to do their thing. The sun couldn't rise quick enough. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And then repeat. (laughs) When we first seek the kingdom of muscle, we're subject to everything it requires. We're consumed 
blinded, loyal subjects. Healthy? Yep. Ripped? Uh Uh-huh. Strong? I was one of the strongest. But I wasn't loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I was loving me with all those things. And of course, I'd try and give God the glory on Sunday, hoping my shoulders filled my dress shirt. Give God the glory each day? I wasn't giving him five minutes. Was I saved? Yes. Spirit-filled? Beyond a doubt. But honoring God with my body? Well, the conviction ended in 2009 during a layoff of the magazines, right? That happened on a Friday. The magazines were going under along with the economy and uh, housing market, you name it. And a lot of us older editors were laid off on that Friday. And that next Monday, my wife Loretta and I started writing PrayFit devotions. At the time, it was PrayFit.com. Well, PrayFit began. And PrayFit became the place where our entire purpose was to see health through the gospel's lens. We started writing those devotions and publishing books and offering subscription and producing best-selling DVDs until, until I got sick, <laughs> until I realized that you don't always get what you work for, until I truly came to grips with the fact that health is a gift. You know, over the years, I've <laughs> learned that even Charles Spurgeon had his share of deep, painful physical needs. So painful, in fact, that in 1886, he said, quote, When I am suffering very, very greatly from gout, if anybody walks heavily and noisily across the room, it gives me pain, end quote. In his autobiography, he wrote, quote, I thought a cobra had bitten me and filled my veins with poison. I think it would have been less painful to have been burned alive at the stake than to have passed through those horrors of depressions of spirit, end quote. And that's Spurgeon. Right? Right? So it's no wonder he was able to connect with his audience. He understood. It's no wonder he said, quote, the greatest earthly blessing that God can give to any of us is health, with the exception of sickness. Now, more than ever, I get it. If this once able weightlifter can be so bold to say to you, (laughs) only someone who has suffered thinks to check himself at the door of pride remove his shoes, and while he may have plenty of headroom, nose to stoop. Yeah, I remember lying in my bathtub, a year removed from my neck replacement surgery and two years away from my back reconstruction. I was dealing with something far more severe. I had a colon infirmity where a spasm prevented me from being able to function normally, and the two-year daily war with pain was unbearable. You know, this first podcast, why not? Let's just get personal. Let's just get, let's just get down to it. For months leading up to that risky surgery in my bathtub with water full of blood and waste, I'd cry, I'd worry, I'd get angry, I'd apologize to my body, I'd question until one day I resigned. In my latest book, I recall my journal, uh, I said, quote, I never predicted such weeks like this. If I ever get up, if I ever hope and rise and stand, if I ever smile, truly smile and speak, And write and encourage, make no mistake, it won't be because I kept fighting. It won't be because of my inner man, my deep faith, or some gut-summoned passion of belief. No, I have none of that. If I ever get better, it will only be by the mercy and unbelievable, inconceivable grace of my dear God. You know, in a sermon called Job's Resignation, Spurgeon says, O dear friend, when thy grief presses thee to the very dust, worship there. If that spot has come to be thy Gethsemane, then present there thy strong crying and tears unto thy God. Turn the vessel upside down and let every drop run out. But let it be before the Lord. When you are bowed down beneath a heavy burden of sorrow, 
than take to worshiping, end quote. Notice the sermon of that, Job's resignation, he called it. If you ever get a chance, Google it, please read it. It's called Job's resignation. Watch what Spurgeon does to describe a suffering Job. And as you do, realize that Spurgeon himself, perhaps the moment he delivered that message was in agony himself. So you'll forgive my transparency in this inaugural podcast, but I often stand above that tub and I look down, that bathtub and the years and the loss of function, the loss of weight, the loss of my ability are the reasons I stoop as I enter your life. Today, the tub is quiet. It's kept. It's clean. But it's where I resigned. It will always be the dust where I worshiped. And that's the tension. That's what the gospel does. It changes everything. For the, the fit, it gives us purpose. It humbles us. It drives us to be more modest. For the sick, it comforts us. It puts an arm around us. When you see health and illness through the gospel's lens, it changes everything. You know, Aaron Brindley of the Village Church writes, If God fashioned man out of the dust of the ground to be a bodily being and declared this culmination of creation very good, then our bodies can't be inconsequential. If God created us as material beings made in his image and gave us the mandate to cultivate the earth and fill it with his image, then our bodies must have purpose. If Christ came in the flesh and in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, then the body bears eternal significance. If all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, have been created by Christ and for Christ, then what we do to our bodies either supports or betrays our worship of Christ. And finally, if the message of our God reconciling all things to himself in Christ really applies to all things— then how we treat our bodies is directly related to a proclamation of it. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer for this podcast. May this podcast help us recalibrate why our health is important to God, the source of this perfectly designed, wonderfully made, grace-filled, small, weak and failing, temporary, awesome gift of life. May we leave the gym or the studio each day in more awe of God than when we walked in. And may our tiny, infinitesimal muscles with our miraculous neuromuscular system negotiating lifts and coordinating movements along with the involuntary mechanisms of lungs breathing and, and hearts beating simply stir in us one giant unmistakable, instantaneous reminder of his awesome greatness and our gross dependence. Whether we enjoy walking on the treadmill or digging holes in the squat rack, taking classes or teaching them, when we leave the gym, we're not just opening the door after a workout. Woo, we're opening the door after a miracle. Wow. We'll never lift better than we live. We'll never run better than we walk. Aren't we glad that for us, Jesus did both? Again, welcome. Thank you for listening. I hope you subscribe. Come visit me at prayfit.org. We are the body. May everything we say here on the PrayFit podcast be to the glory of His grace. 
the Pray Fit Podcast with Jimmy Pena. Seeing health through the gospel's lens.